Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. morning to you. Hope yours is off to a rollicking start, right? Or at least a nice, peaceful, calm start. We know it's off to a warm start. We'll hope for the best on that. Welcome to Light the Tower here on the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Um, Jeff Howe <laughs> will be along shortly. Um, Jeff has one of those this morning, one of those unique duties. And and any man who has a young daughter who's involved in some level, some form of dance, will both understand and sympathize. Uh, Jeff's daughter Charlotte is going to, I believe, it's a princess dance camp, and. Uh, uh, and on our group text this morning, our producer, Cameron Parker, expressed some interest in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the dance camp. <laughs> uh, 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 I have two lovely daughters. Love them both very, very dearly. Um, I have to go back in my mind to remember uh, when I was involved with them with uh, when they had dad, dance camp. And they're... Sainted mother, uh, God rest her soul, took care of a lot of that. But there was times when I had to do the same thing. I had to drop them off at a dance camp or something like that. And then Haley, my oldest daughter, has now, she has a three-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter in addition to a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old son. And they're all involved things with things. The seven-year-old is, believe it or not, a competitive swimmer. Mm. And has qualified in his age group, I think, in two events, I think backstroke and freestyle, for uh, a state club swimming event down in um, at South Padre at the end of this month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Theo Carroll. Yeah. Theo is, uh, so he's a good little swimmer, and he's seven. The five-year-old, um, Gideon, is uh, all about baseball. Loves him some baseball. Uh, Lynn and I took him for his birthday, took him to uh, to see Rangers Blue Jays back a little over a month ago. Loves baseball. He likes just going out. What like He's got a um, an uncle who's like 13 or 14 off of uh, my son-in-law's side of the family who's playing uh, like 
youth league baseball. And he likes just going and sitting and watching him and watching his team play in the tournament. I mean, this is a five-year-old. He likes watching baseball. He'll watch baseball on television. So he's a big baseball guy. Baseball and swimming are the two sports that just never stop, though. Yeah. That's a, that's a year-round thing. You're constantly dropping off and picking up and, and sitting uh-huh. for hours. And Swim meets are long. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Long. Yeah, yeah. My, my daughter did a really good job of letting us know when to show up <laughs> there you go. for that. You know what else is year-round and doesn't stop and is long? Dance. Yeah. And, indoors. And, my, and my late wife was great at telling me when one, one or both of my daughters were involved in a dance competition, show up at 845. No later than 845. Uh, Haley's routine will be sometime between 845 and 9. Julianne's routine will be sometime between 9 and 950, something like that. And I would. And I'd walk over there to Leander High or wherever it was and see their routine. And then I'd leave. <laughs> Go back. I didn't, I didn't care to watch the entire the, the entire deal about that, but but um, so she's got a three year old now. Three of my granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, her name is Nora, Nora Beth, um, and uh, she's she was in a, a like a dance camp and did the princess thing about a month or so ago. The two year old granddaughter Ruthie will be uh, will be in dance. I think next year starts so. <laughs> Haley had to take her to, like, the princess dance camp, and I said, you know what? I told her, I said, God is having you repay the (laughs) debt from me in 1994 and 95 and 96 and so on and so forth. So anyway, so anyway, that's that's the deal uh, with that. But Jeff will be here uh, shortly. He had to drop her off at Princess Dance Camp. Somebody said, next up at the plate for the Longhorns, Craigway Jr. No, 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 no. No, his name... First of all, I had two sons. Neither of them were junior. I would not wish that on either of, of my sons. Uh, so my oldest son, Andy, uh, works for KXAN. He is a uh, he is a videographer and an editor nice. at, at, at KXAN, and he's been there over five years. And really, he did. He was the videographer for Angelo State's baseball program. And when he came out, he went to winter meetings and got him a job. In the Royals organization, they started him off in the minor leagues in Lexington, Kentucky, and then he went up to AAA and was there for three years with the Omaha Storm Chasers and then got the opportunity to come back home because he said Omaha's a wonderful place in the spring, in the summer, and the fall. That's it. Not the winter. <laughs> you don't want to be there not in the, the winter. winter. So uh, he, he would rather, and I'm the same way, we'd rather be in 105-degree heat here on consecutive days than be in Omaha uh, with snow and temperatures in the teens and 20s on consecutive days. That's how I feel about it. That's how I, and, and I know other people look at it the other way. They'd rather, hey, look, I can always throw on the, the extra coat and stay inside yeah. and do, you know. Uh, I, I I understand that. That's just. See, we're kind of in the middle, Craig, from North Carolina because we I didn't know. really have super cold winters. We didn't right? have super hot summers. No, you know what we got? Rain. Yeah. A ton of rain. When I first came out to Texas, I was so sick of rain, I didn't mind the hot, dry summers for for a few years. Then when I became a homeowner and I wanted to protect my Mm -hmm. yard and grass, you know, I was hoping for more rain. So, yeah, I obviously appreciate it now. But winters in North Carolina are just rainy and drizzly and dreary and cold. Uh, Even my waning days at UNC Wilmington in my freshman fall semester in the fall of 78, 
Uh, it was just, even down at the beach, it was just rainy and dreary and messy and cold. And I came out, I've told this story before, you know, I came out at Christmas vacation. My parents had already moved out here. Uh, they, they moved out. My, my father was an advertising man. Uh, he worked for the Dallas Times-Herald for many years. He was not an ad man, as Rod Babers would say, like madman. He was not like Don Draper, you know, uh, that, something like that. He wasn't like that. But he did have some national accounts. Uh, but uh, he uh, he and my mom had moved out to the Dallas-Fort Worth area in the fall of 78. And I had already decided to go to UNC Wilmington my freshman fall semester. And so I was there, and I came out for Christmas vacation. And it, had, and it was coming off a time when it had rained about 13 consecutive days there on the North Carolina coast. And I came out, and I liked it so much, and the weather was beautiful and everything. I said, I'm staying. Uh, I, I made the decision I was going to stay and transfer and finish school out here. One day later, December 29th, I think it was, might have been the 30th, 30th, 1978, the worst ice storm uh, in the history of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Folks remember it well. Yeah, I'll tell you, one area you remember, if nothing else, that Cotton Bowl with Joe Montana and Notre Dame yeah, against, yeah. against uh, Houston. It was two days after. I actually tried to talk my dad into going to that game. I said, I bet you we could get tickets. He goes, are you crazy? I'm not getting out in this. So we watched it on TV. So anyway, uh, you know, that's how that's how weather was. But um, my daughters are in, were in, and, and you might say still are involved in dance. My younger daughter, Julianne, teaches dance and is the associate uh, director of the Star Steppers a dance team at Vista Ridge. And, uh, and then, of course, my oldest daughter, Haley, who was – uh, like Jul- Julianne was a star stepper captain and then was a, a Texas State Strutter senior captain. And uh, Haley was a, a company leader when she was at uh, when she was in dance. But now she has daughters who are and will be involved in dance. So they're still involved in that. And yes, it's a commitment. There's no doubt it's a commitment, just like it's a commitment. If you have a, uh, a youngster who's a swimmer or a baseball player or a football player or whatever, if you have your kids involved in extracurricular activities, you're committed in some way. Some would say you need to be committed. But, I mean, no, you need to be commended, I would say. Uh, Specs text line is open at 337-3776, And our hotline, which differs, as it should, because that's the call-in line when we do giveaways, is 447-3776. The text line, if you want to text us, 337 Three seven seven six. Uh, you'll need that hotline later if you want to try to win a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. We're giving them away on the show. You can also win additional copies online at hornfm.com. But we'll give away another copy today uh, on the program. If you um, missed uh, the program yesterday, you got a chance to hear um, my own personal take on, on uh, where things are headed with uh, the radio station and my own personal journey and, and where I'll be going from there. And and I won't, you know, uh, bore you with all the <laughs> details on that yesterday. There are very, very, very nice comments from folks a- after I said the things that I said yesterday. And I'm, I'm grateful and indebted to you uh, for those things. And um, if you want to hear it, you can go to the podcast page at hornfm.com. Uh, because uh, Cam did an excellent job in in posting that, and and everybody uh, who is 
seeing the changes, is involved in the changes in one way or another, had some uh, some comments about it, and they're all there. So you can do that. I You'll, uh, you know, on Monday when Bucky Godbolt returns from some time off, which had been scheduled on back some time ago when he returns, I'm sure you'll hear from him. Chad Hastings will return from vacation on Monday, and I'm sure you'll hear from him as well. Uh, but you've heard pretty much from all of the rest of us. You, you can, we'll hear Jeff's take on it too when he when he comes in uh, as well. So th- there will be that just to let you know that that all a lot of that stuff uh, went down on the specs text line. Said yes, Craig committed and committed in both definitions of the term. Wow, somebody who did this that, that same texter said uh, I had these last night. It's a photo of two hot dogs. Yesterday was uh, National Hot Dog Day, which when I said that to Linda, she said, I thought that's like on the 4th of July. So, well, mm. it is if you're Joey Chestnut yeah. or any of the competitive eaters there in the, in the uh, you know, in the uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But yesterday officially was the National Hot Dog. So somebody uh, texted in a photo, and I'm looking to see if I can – pick out all the things that are on this hot dog there's obviously chili and cheese um there's is that pickle relish and then there's something else there on the top i can't quite make out but anyway it's it's it looks like a highway it really does oh yeah good point somebody has banned students and parents bless you bless all especially you know the the parents of those those banned uh students who are out there and and you've all seen this. If if you've had a kid around uh, uh, high school, a kid to go through high school, or if you've been to uh, a high school for any reason, if you've driven to a high school in the past few years recently, up to a high school campus, in almost every high school campus, especially the larger ones, you will see in the parking lot lines marked off like a football field. And they have to do that so that the band can practice on that information in the relation uh, to where they line up on the field and how the the maneuvers work during their performance, their competition performance, their football game performance. So can you imagine how hot that blacktop gets mm. when they're working in July and August? Uh, so I salute you as well. Well done. I'm, I'm glad somebody reminded me of that. Mujica says, I moved here in 95. I think I started off listening to you and Bill. Am I correct? I actually came down to the area in 97. Um, 95, Bill started doing a show uh, on uh, on what was then known as the AM 1300. It was a news talk. And he went over there to uh, – he was at KLBJ, which had the football broadcast rights, uh, through the 94 season. And I was I was on the network starting back in eighty eight as early as nineteen eighty eight as the studio anchor from eighty eight through ninety one, and then ninety uh, I moved into the booth as the analyst in ninety two when Bill Shoning moved over to play by play because he had been preceded for one year by Jerry Trupiano the ninety one ninety two season prior to that um, Brad Sham had done it for two years uh, Tom Dore had done it before him, Ron Franklin had done it. And so when Bill moved into the play-by-play chair in 92, I moved into the booth as the analyst out of the studio. 92, 93, and 94, those games 
my, my first three years in the booth, those games were still on KLBJ at the time. And then they moved over to uh, KVET AM 30. It was called the AM 13. It was a news talk. And Bill moved over there when the broadcast rights went over there as us play-by-play guys, uh, you know, wind up quite often having to do. And he went over there and did a talk show with Jeff Ward in 95 and 96 and most of 97. In 97, Jeff left to go to KLBJ to do a general interest talk show. And then that's when uh, Bill contacted me and I visited with him and Bob Cole and uh, Ron Rogers, who was running the whole thing. And that's when, when I came down in the fall of 97, when it was still the AM 1300. Um, and then and then it was in October of 98 when, when uh, the zone went all sports when it came on. So that's that's kind of the, the path that did that. Uh, so Longhorn Bear said, did you get a chance to visit with DJ? Yes, I did. I uh, saw him, came in, and uh, said hi to him. He's one of my favorite uh, Longhorn basketball players of all time. I, you know, came in, as he talked about with Kevin Durant, that those uh, great seasons there in, uh, you know, in uh, 07 and 08. Um, those, those were a lot of fun. Enjoyed that. Uh, so the texter that sent that photo in with the hot dog said that's homemade chili with beans. I know, but that's how I grew up eating chili, relish, cheese, salsa, avocado under there too. So that's the other thing I saw. I saw the salsa in there. I said, is that pickle relish? It was salsa and avocado in there. Well done. Listen, I, I, I understand how many native Texans, it, it, it means a great deal to them to have their chili without beans. I get it. understand it. My best friend who lives up in the Dallas Forward Metroplex, who grew up as a native Texan in Irving, Texas, lifelong Cowboy fan, the whole bit, lifelong Texas Rangers fan. We worked concerts together for years selling T-shirts. Uh, he never liked beans, period, but he used to say the old thing, people who put beans in their chili don't know beans about chili. That was his old line. I like it. <laughs> But I like beans, so I'm okay with that. But I get where other people are. And when I have uh, chili on hot dogs, I usually don't have the the beans on that. And you know this, Cam, being a North Carolina native, there's a hot dog, a thin consistency hot dog chili sauce, Mm -hmm. basically. And I really like that. And I I had two or three of those kinds of hot dogs, a Carolina slaw dog, which consists of mustard, uh, that thin consistency of chili, the the red coleslaw on that, and some chopped onions on it. That and that's a Carolina slaw dog. Yeah, and I had a few of those up there along with a cold cheer wine or two, Ooh. ice cold. <laughs> Folks have asked me, "What's it? Cheer wine? Is it wine? It's not wine." They 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 took that name. It was supposed to be like cherry wine. It started in World War One. When corn syrup wasn't available because it was being shipped in for various and sundry things overseas to the troops, so the bottlers in Salisbury, North Carolina, came up with the idea of using cherry syrup, and it started from that. And so, yeah, cheer wine. Yeah, I, it, was, it was good. Yeah, I sent you a, a, a photo of a can of it I was having. I wonder because they are building some Bojangles locations here in the state of Texas. Saw the one in Round Rock. Yeah. I wonder, will they carry Cheerwine, or is that more of a, a regional you know, thing regional off thing. of that? Because yeah. 
And you me. can get cheer wine like at Specs and some of the other places you can. It's it's you cannot get it for as cheap as you can get it in North Carolina because oh, no. it's imported basically. It's 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 trucked in from that or shipped in anyway. Uh, folks already weighing in about the about the hot dogs uh, and the chili and. Somebody said, do you put gravy on your hot dog? <laughs> we had the promo where I said, I'm a gravy whore. I love gravy. Uh, no, I don't on, on a hot dog. But, but Linda, uh, yesterday was a, was a long and difficult day, as you might imagine. So Linda made one of my favorite dishes Aww. for dinner. She made chopped steak with brown mushroom gravy and onions. Mm. It was great. And mashed potatoes and... Uh, and then homemade field greens, like collard greens, mm-hmm. field greens. They were great. So <laughs> she she did that. Uh, so um, somebody said the long lines in the parking lot are good for driver's ed too. Uh, beans and chili is fine, just not Texas chili. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said that hot dog sounded like a Mexican street dog. A great post game party meal. Yeah, okay. Our good friend Victor says beans are okay in chili as long as you put a stick in there so the farts can crawl out. That's nice. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, uh, so I I missed yesterday. Are you going uh, back? I don't know what my uh, personal plan is other than doing the games. That's what I said yesterday. That is the God's honest truth. Uh, I have not had any conversations with any other folks any other place other than the fact that I know that I'll be obviously calling the Longhorn Games, and I'm grateful for that. I'm uh, grateful that, that that was something that the university and, uh, the, you know, the uh, Longhorn Sports Properties from Learfield uh, were, you know, put put down in, in making the shift over. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. And our, our broadcast crew remains unchanged as well. Uh, somebody said, chop steak with the mushroom gravy, my favorite too. Yeah, it's... It's really good. Sorry, Buhika said, dang, now I'm starving. Uh, no so, kidding. Yeah. Um, somebody said, is a hot dog a sandwich? That's an age-old oh, debate. Oh, you know, at, at the turn of the century, at the turn of the century, when hot dogs first came into prominence and popularity, uh, the uh, the Stevens Company, when they first started selling them because it was easier to do that at ball games at New York Giants baseball games at the Polo Grounds. and They used to call it a Frankfurter sandwich or a hot dog sandwich or a hot Frankfurter sandwich is what they called it. Same thing with a hamburger. They would say a hamburger sandwich. And and that was as much, I think, to educate folks on so they knew what it was all about, something they could hold in their hands and not have to use a knife and fork about. So that's... That's kind of the history of it. Is it a sandwich? It is in bread, but it's in a bun. But there are sandwiches that are in buns. We know that as well. But a hot dog is a hot dog. It's just kind of a it's unique own uh, unicorn food, I think. When I when I hear the word Frankfurter, I think of the Seinfeld episode where uh, I believe it's Jerry's girlfriend drops, I dropped my Frankfurter. Frankfurter. With Bette that, Midler. That's a very uh, northeastern Greater New York term, uh, Frankfurter, that it really originated and in, 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 uh, was up as the hot dog grew in popularity. It was Frankfurter. I, I think I mentioned this one time. I'll, I will always remember this is when I was in working in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and I worked at KRLD, and we were covering the Cowboys. 
uh, every Tuesday would be the press conference. Tom Landry would have the press conference, and then later Jimmy Johnson. And I think they moved it to Monday later, but it was Tuesday in those days. And then Tex Schramm would come, and and he would speak. But then they invited the media to go into the big players' dining room, and we all sat down at the table, and they had a nice catered lunch for us. I think it was from Cafe Margot or something. And uh, we used to sit around that table, and there would be a really nice lunch. Well, mm. during the course of the lunch, um, you know, Landry had already done his news conference. And then Tex Schramm would talk about, that. well, competition committee will have to look at that. You know, say things like that. You don't go on. But they would also get the opposing head coach uh, on a speakerphone. Wow. So this is in the days before, the, the, obviously, the pressers. Yeah. And they'd get them on a speakerphone. So that the writers had something that, well, and of course, I worked at a radio station. So I had a tape recorder and a microphone. You'd put the microphone right beside the speed. And, and, and the audio was passable. It wasn't great because you'd hear people, you know, clinking of knives and forks. You coffee know, in the background. Your coffee and all that kind of shutting. stuff. So one time, they were getting ready to play the Giants. And the Giants were in their heyday. I think they were, the this might have been in 87, the defending Super Bowl champs. And Bill Parcells was the coach. And uh, so... The media relations team for the Cowboys, Greg Aiello, went on to work for the NFL and Dave Pelletier, uh, would get the opposing – they would call the opposing team's media relations guy. And they said, hold on, stand by. And then they'd put it up, and then he would hear the coach, hello. And then they'd go, and then they'd start the conversation. So they're waiting. They call to get Bill Parcells on, and you hear the media relations guy for the Giants go, click, click. And he said, wait a minute. And you hear him in the background go, hold on, i got to get a Frankfurter. <laughs> And the place just broke up at our place. So, yeah, a Frankfurt. So I said sausage wraps are, are great, too. Yeah, need a good flour tortilla. I agree. I agree. Um, somebody said, I'm going to keep saying it. The chili dog stand in San Marcos is the best Frito pie with their chili and best chili cheese hot dogs. And never once raised the price. Got to try that. Somebody else said, I'm tired of the beans, no beans debate. I've lived in Austin every day of my 63 years, and I love beans in my chili. The only reason people believe otherwise is because the origination of the chili cook-off where beans were not allowed, but only because that would skew the taste of the chili. That is a great text there. Yeah. If you've been to Terlingua or any of the other, you know, big chili cook-offs, and you know that's how it is, and you're just getting the flavor of the chili. Understandable. Uh, but here's a native Texan who grew up in the area for 63 years. And I'll be joining you in September, my friend, at that age, at that number. And um, and and said, yeah, I like beans. So somebody else said, no, hot dog's not a sandwich. Sandwich requires two pieces of meat. Really? Two. Because in... I had peanut butter and honey yeah. the other day. That's no meat there, but that's a sandwich. Peanut butter <laughs> so, sandwich. But a sandwich requires two pieces of meat. I don't care what some dude used to call it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeff Mudd says, I love chili without beans. It's called a sloppy joe. Ooh. Love a good sloppy joe, right? I haven't had one in a while. And then uh, Beaver Lance Jason says, hold on. White sausage gravy on a hot dog. He says, I'd try it. Okay. Then And then you have Bizarro Dale Dudley who says, beans have no place in chili. It's blasphemy, period. So, again, that's the debate. It always goes on like that. Somebody else said steak, steak and ale used to have a really good uh, chopped steak as well. So we've uh, cleared the palate of that as well. 
Uh, Jeff has arrived. We're going to get the princess story from him. And then uh, and then uh, we're going to have a Longhorn Notebook. We do have Inconceivable coming your way. We will give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. CB, perhaps, with the last word before the break, says, Some say it's blasphemy if you put ketchup on your hot dog. Well, I like ketchup and mayo on my hot dog. Some would say it's a good thing, CB, you're in Seattle. To say, actually, I'm a condiment guy. People know that I I, I really like condiments. I don't put either of those things on my hot dogs, but I'll put just about anything else. And I have no qualm with people who do put ketchup and mayo on the hot dog. It's okay. It's your hot dog. Dress it up how you like. What is your plan this weekend at Globe Life Field for, uh, uh, yeah. for Glizzy? Yeah, uh, Linda and I are, are, are catching Dodgers Rangers tomorrow night. Uh, I'm not having the boomstick. Mm. I'm not. Because Linda would, she wouldn't help me with it. She might take a <laughs> bite and say, "All right, the rest is yours, it. cowboy." I'm not doing that. My son did it. He also did the the hamburger boomstick in the same same game. No, no, not at the same oh, okay. game. He did say. it like on consecutive weekends. Wow! And he had like the, the, all the jalapenos and everything else in Holy it. Holy heartburn! But again, he has a cast iron stomach. He's 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 24. He can, you know, he can just shovel that stuff in. Craig, Jeff Howe used uh, to be able to do that, right? Are you reliving your days as the king of wieners? Because there's been a lot of hot dog talk on the show. A lot so of hot far. dog talk, you know. Yeah, yeah. There was Craig was is. the king of wieners for those who don't know. I worked at a hot dog place called Wiener King. It was very much like Wiener Schnitzel, almost exactly like Wiener Schnitzel on High Point Road in Greensboro, North Carolina. When I was a junior in high school, uh, very briefly, and uh, and. Uh, I liked it, but I was only there for a month. I like to envision that they gave you a crown and a scepter, but the crown both had like some kind of hot dog theme where you could just stand on a chair and you know pro- what? proclaim yourself the king of wieners. You know, they had they, they had a they, you know, they had a big neon sign on the on the front of the outside said Wiener King and they had a little crown where the eye would be <laughs> yeah. the king. So That's they what did I'm have that. Yeah. Uh so they had yeah, there was, there was good hot dogs uh there. But I was only there a month. Me and two other people got let go because it was the old last hired, first fired thing. They had to For do sure. cutbacks. So, so yes, this isn't the first cutback I'm experiencing professionally. Once, Wiener one, King, 1977. Once you're a Wiener King, Jeff, it's like being the president of the United States. You're always the president. Craig's always yeah, going to be yeah. the Wiener King. Always yeah. be the king of yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Man, I'm, I'm already getting flack on the text line so already. So Jeff likes his hot dogs minus the bun. Ah, yeah. that's funny. Hot dog with chili, cheese, mustard, and grilled jalapenos. Ooh, that's good. So I need to get a Dodger dog. I wish they had those in Arlington. They don't. Uh, I haven't been to Dodger Stadium this year. It's been a little busy. I haven't been able to do that. Uh, somebody said, I'm from Chicago, and it's blasphemous to put beans in chili. I won many chili contests with beans in my chili. Okay. Oh, he says it's blasphemous to not put beans in it. Okay. So there you go. And Horn Wrangler says people in Chicago are those who say – no ketchup on hot dogs. Listen, you get a Chicago dog, and I've been to Super Dogs on Milwaukee Avenue in Chicago, where you get that big thing with the pickle relish and all that stuff and the tomatoes and the peppers piled high on it. That's a dog as well. There's different ways to eat it and Look, enjoy just it. Your, just your simple – there's nothing better to me than dollar hot dog night at the ballpark. Yeah. Just your simple, your simple hot dog with maybe a little mustard, mustard ketchup. onions is what I usually like on my relish. Yeah, be just just fine. I don't. I might. My, my I like my hot dogs like Daryl Royal likes his football uniforms. Don't don't candy these things up. <laughs> 
their work clothes. Yeah, exactly. It's a working meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll uh, we'll get to uh, the Longhorn Notebook. Also, get you an update on the Open Championship leaderboard. We'll do that when we continue to light the tower on the Horn. One zero four nine one zero one nine AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Light the tower. I warned you yesterday. Return cuts are boss gags. Boss gags tonight. At the Paramount. Yeah, I'll be there. Linda and I are going there. For those who don't know any of the history of Boskag, he's from Dallas, went to St. Mark's. Actually, was from Plano, but he went to St. Mark's. Alma mater of the Achos. Yes, Dos Achos. Also, was Kaelin Thornton? Kaelin Thornton was the St. Mark's. And, uh, and, and, uh, Boz was also, so he, so there's a great line in here. It might be a little bit later. Let's see. Um, he uh, he was a front man for Steve Miller Band. Played with the Steve Miller Band for a while. Uh, but had that real R&B sound to him. He's 79 years old. And he's still rocking. So, yeah. Going to look forward to uh, that. Can, yeah. I, can I address something real quick? Before, on you, before you do that, okay. the one other line I was going to say about Boz for now. In this song, he has a line. It's on down in the song. We're going to have to do it. Where he goes, got to have a Jones for this, a Jones for that. This running with the Joneses just ain't where it's at. Would that describe the Big 12 Conference? <laughs> um, <laughs> Pastor Smasher on the text line asks, it says, isn't Jeff a chili hater? Are you? I don't hate. I don't hate chili. That that is an inaccurate statement. I don't like the fact that my wife, anytime the first cool front of the season, like it drops, the high is going to be down in the seventies. She thinks that's time to make chili, and it's not. I like chili when it's a little colder, but she insists on making enough to feed like half a Fort Hood or half a Fort Cavazos. No, I guess it is. My bad. Like she feeds it. She makes enough to feed a small army. So. I don't need that much chili. I just don't because I'm not. I'm only going to eat it once. I'm not going to eat All leftover right. chili. Okay, leftover chili is good if it's done right. Uh, Whoa, you don't eat leftover chili. It's like leftover pizza, man. So you do hate chili? No, 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 no. That's <laughs> two different. You're talking about <sighs> apples. You're comparing apples and pomegranates, can? No, we're comparing uh, chili and pizza, and yeah. they're both good uh, and mm, leftover. I'm going to disagree with both of you there, <laughs> but I don't. So I don't hate chili. I just don't need, you know, a six month supply when I only want a bowl. You know what I mean? Okay. So Jeff hates Tim Duncan and Chili. Got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. Uh, and Stevie uh, Ray Vaughan, too. You yeah, just want right. to just alienate wow. me from the entire state. Right. Okay. <laughs> our, our man CB says tomorrow's Kalen Thornton days until kickoff. Yeah. Uh, the 43. Do we get Jet that? Jet Bush. 
And how about CB uh, posting the picture of Wiener King, uh, or at least a sign thing? It's the Wiener King welcome. And he says the dollar fifty Costco hot dogs are awesome. They were awesome until they stopped doing the turn the crank and get the onions on the hot dog. <laughs> With the pandemic, it killed off the onions. Linda and I were lamenting that. Sound like Brian Windhorst when he realized the one thing that was going to be a casualty of COVID was no more buffets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Sound that hurt, Craig. I uh, know. Bohican says, hey, how about a hot dog eating contest between Jeff and a rep from Gerald? Make it, listen, we hope everybody in Gerald's okay with the, the, the big fire there last Yeah, night. I need to check on that. It's it, Actually, right in between Gerald and Florence on 487 yeah. is where the fire was taking place. So I, I need to check on that. I haven't checked on that this morning. Yeah. But, but let's be real. Yeah. If it's any kind of wiener-related item in somebody from Gerald, then I don't stand a chance All right. if it's digesting it down the gullet. Somebody said chili is better left over than fresh. It's got to have time to marinate. Somebody said chili breakfast of champions. So uh, somebody else, I cook in chili cook-offs. Oddly enough, one of my most popular recipes is two pounds of chili ground venison and the Terlingua chili mix at H-E-B and add a can of black beans and chopped onions. See, somebody got it right. My favorite thing to do with the chili is make a, a nice Frito pie. It's good. Yeah. I first had a Frito pie. Cam, you're, you're all about, you, you know about the Frito pie. Oh, right? yeah. Okay. My oh, first yeah. Frito pie was when I was the play-by-play voice of the Ponder Lions. <laughs> I was in college in North Texas doing 1A basketball. Yeah, I was. There's times where I'll, you know, if uh, depending on where I'm eating nachos, you get chili on the nachos. So, no, I'm, I just don't want this impression that I hate chili. And as far as the beans, no beans thing, honestly, it makes no difference to me. I can do either one. Are you saying beans or no beans is neither fish nor fowl to you? It is neither fish nor fowl for me, good sir. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's get to uh, the first hour, Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. What do you got cooking other than chili? Well, uh, as that reminds me of one of my my strength coach in my freshman year of high school, Reb Brock. Good dude. He's now at uh, Harker Heights. Made it a point to tell people when they were, and usually I got this message when you were running sprints and you were dragging behind to get the chili out of your pants ah. or or drop the trailer and, and keep moving. Right. So it's a good time to get over to Horns 24-7. Got a lot of good team content up there today. Uh, my colleague Chip Brown's been at SEC Media Days, so there's a big... The insider, we had to divide it into two parts because I was editing that thing and I had to text Chip. I'm like, look, there's some good stuff in here. I don't want one thing or the other to get lost, so let's just split this into two parts. Part one, you've got several college football experts weighing in on how they feel about Texas, and it's coming from three very different perspectives. You've got the broadcaster-slash-letterman perspective, because we go in-depth with Brian Jones and that. Uh, My colleague at 24-7 Sports, Josh Pate, the late kick with Josh Pate, if you're not listening to the podcast or the YouTube feed, uh, Josh has some really good takes, so he's got his thoughts on Texas. And then the former coach perspective, uh, and by the way, we're keeping this all in the CBS slash Paramount family, Rick Neuheisel gives a really in-depth discussion, gives his in-depth thoughts on on Texas, and specifically Sark, in in terms of play calling. And we've talked to Rick Neuheisel about this before, uh, and I don't want to get too into the weeds here with you again you can get the horns 24 7 and check that out but he talks about the fact that hiring hiring joe d camillas sark did for to help with game management remember he told us that craig so during me during big 12 media days got deeper into it and sark said hey with the new clock rules in college football which that's a big deal we haven't really talked about that much but other than the last two minutes of the half the clock doesn't stop on first downs anymore so 
in game situations and and you know two minute things of that nature. Uh, Rick Neuheisel said, if you're a coach who calls your own plays, that's kind of the hardest part. And that's been times where yeah. we've seen Stark struggle a little bit. He said that's the hardest part. He said because you can get so tunnel vision, so focused that you lose track of the clock, you lose track of of down and distance and situations, and you need somebody in your ear, somebody that you trust at your side to tell you when to speed up, when to back off, uh, what might be good here. So it, Rick Neuheisel gets into that part of it, and I like that. But the one thing I want to discuss right now is, uh, and by the way, I know, Craig, you uh, spoke eloquently yesterday on the state of affairs here and with Light the Tower. I'm going to do that at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. So okay. if you're if you're waiting with bated breath for my opinion and my thoughts, which I know nobody out there is, uh, just get at the top of the hour because I wanted to get through the Folks notebook. Gerald, or- I wanted to get through the notebook and wanted to get to Inconceivable. But part two is the latest from summer workouts. And, man, Craig, you know, as a media member, you're supposed to stay impartial. You're not supposed to take sides or root for anybody. Yeah. It's going to be really hard, though, not to root for David Benda this year. Yep. And this is coming from a source on just the kind of offseason David Benda's had. He said he, he, he being David Benda, observed how Jalen Ford just made this big leap last year. And it's kind of inspired David Bender to put in that kind of work to maybe take that kind of leap. Uh, This is according to a source, quote, David saw the light go on for Jalen, and he's doing everything to make that happen for himself this season. He's worked his expletive off. I can say ass on the air. He's worked his ass off. In that context, you could say it like that. Been a leader and has shown the coaches how versatile he can be. He can play in the middle. He can play Will or Sam, uh, PK and Jeff Choate, light guys with versatility. So you could see him when they won't go three linebackers much because the nick in the base package the nickels in for the sandbacker, but short yardage goal line, stuff like that, red zone, you'll see the sandbacker on the field. Uh but you can see David Ben to play that that will position that DeMarvin Overshone was that last year and knock on wood if something were happening to Jalen Ford, maybe he can slide into the middle and you slide, you know, Maurice Blackwell or Anthony Hill over there. So again, you know, I, I was talking to some of the guys, uh I was talking to Jalen Ford actually and uh and Jade Barron Two guys that I think everybody on the defense specifically is rooting for. If you're looking for kind of who, who's going to have that John Harris like senior year, uh, kind of that Chris Whaley late late career surge, the two guys I think everybody internally is pulling for is that are there are David Bend and Keaton Crawford. I think those are the two guys that the, their teammates want to see they them seem, have. Some they success. seem to be mentioned more than most. Yeah, and, and Jade Barron, you know, Jade mentioned that you know he might not the. Keaton Crawford's a guy that might not get many snaps on defense, but he said, you know, if you look at what he does on special teams, he said Keaton Crawford's been one was a, one of our most valuable players last year because of how good he was in the kicking game, played on all special teams, the job he does covering kickoffs and punts, but now getting some time at safety. And I do wonder, and this is maybe a topic for another day, I do wonder – if PK is going to be tempted to run some of that John Haycock stuff, some of that three safety stuff this year, when you look at the question mark at the edge position opposite of Baron Sorrell, and it's not that they don't have talent there, it's just is Justice Finkley or Jamon Tapp or Colton Vosick or Ethan Burke is one of those guys ready to step up and be an every-down player. If not, you've got the makings of a really good three-safety defense with Jaron Thompson, Keaton Crawford, and a healthy Jalen Catalan. So, in a According to everything we've heard behind the scenes, Jalen Catalan's healthy. He's ready to go. The staff and the, the medical staff and the coaching staff took a really good approach with him. Just, hey, 
Get your shoulder cleaned up. Just we, we know what you can do. Don't need to rush it during the spring ball. We need you healthy for August. So I do wonder if PK does something. We've seen Texas tinker with that look from time to time. I just wonder if that's something that, you know, knowing that that could be a position of strength. It's kind of it's a question mark right now. It's a wild card position is what I'll call safety. But it could very easily turn into a strength knowing Jaron Thompson, it feels like, set that baseline last year, knowing what's expected of Keaton Crawford. And then the ultimate X factor on this defense, if Jalen Catalan's healthy, you've got a, a first-team all-conference type guy right. in your secondary. No okay. doubt. You didn't tell the Princess Dan story. Oh, I did not. So, um, yeah. yeah can you just imagine me being <laughs> like a, 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 a real uh, imperious boss. What, what's your reason? Why are you late, Jeff? This is good. <laughs> uh, I like this person. <laughs> I, I like this person. I've got money that says Jeff will not speak eloquently, so appreciate that. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I was getting ready to leave the house. I'm literally put. Uh, I'm sitting on the bed putting my shoes on, and my wife walks in the door, and I'm like, "Okay, it's really random." And she just has that look of relief on her face that I haven't left for the station yet. She says, "Can can you take Charlotte to to camp?" I'm like, "I'm like, I thought you were." So well, I've got I just I got called into an emergency meeting at nine thirty. Can you do it? And I'm like, Yeah, I guess I can do it. Let me text Cameron and Craig and let them know what's going on and I'll be running late. So, you know, it's Craig, you've been through that business of getting a five year old in the car and, oh, and getting yeah. him ready. Oh yeah. And I, I do have a bad habit sometimes of talking to my five year old like she's an adult. Not that I use foul language, but uh I realized that I shut the garage door. Long story short, my garage door opener, the battery is dead. I need to change the battery. Okay. So I had to go in. I kept the back door unlocked. So I had to go back in and get my keys because I realized I forgot my keys. And I told my daughter, I said, buckle yourself up and we'll leave as soon as I get back. So I come back in. I go back. I go and get the keys, come back outside. I'm going, walking through the back gate. I said, bug, are you buckled in? No. I said, what, what, what have you been doing the whole two minutes I've been gone? I don't know. I'm like, let's get buckled in. We got to go. So. A little bit of the frustration of dealing with getting a five-year-old ready to go anywhere, but we get there and, and she's been she's been trying to be a little more independent, like wanting to walk into the studio herself. And of all more of all mornings, I said, uh, "Hey, are you are you would you want to walk in by yourself today?" Because you're pulling right by the yeah. door. I said, do you, "Do you need me to walk you in today, or you want to walk by yourself again?" She says, "No, Daddy, I want you to walk me in." And I'm not going to pass that chance up. I'm no. not going to tell her no walk yourself because. There's going to be a day where I'm going to drop her off somewhere. She wants nothing to do with me. I oh, know. Yeah. I know that day's coming. Oh yeah. You know, eight to ten years you, down I the road. You, I can tell you about a daughter uh, uh, who uh, loved it when Dad went and ate lunch with her at the uh, elementary school cafeteria, uh, cafeteria, on a quasi regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I suggested it in middle school, she burst into tears and said, <laughs> "You can't." <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Message sent uh, But no, drop, dropped her off at Princess Camp. You know, they've made wands this year and they're this week, and they've made crowns the other day, and their tap routine is going to be do a song from Cinderella. So it's Princess a, Dance Camp. It's a nice little, nice little two hours, uh, nice little two-hour slice of my daughter just getting to, getting to do some dance. I, I'll, I'll give is my, Tamara going to be able to pick her up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, okay. And I'll give my because it's over at like 11.30, 11.45. I will give my daughter credit, though. I'll give my young daughter credit. She had to the two-hour camp yesterday, then had a little break, and then uh, she went back at 3.45. Two-a-days? For two hours of her regular dance class. So she had two-a-days? My, my five-year-old legit had 
Two days. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And she didn't have to run any gassers. No, no gassers, no projectile yeah. vomiting, as Good. was the case during my two days back in the day. So. Yeah. That'll be one of our final problems. Oh, DC Horn, sixth show. grade, you're done, Jeff. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. usually it's usually about the time that stuff tends to happen, yep. as yep. Craig just yep. laid out. So. Uh-huh. Uh, Captain Caveman says, my daughter's also five. I also call her Bug. Uh, my my oldest one I used to call Haley Bug. And not surprisingly, she also does not put her seatbelt on when told to. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so that's that's the deal with that. Uh, by the way... Uh, Mr. Cleanwright, oh, I like that text name. By the way, chopped up Nathan's hot dogs and Frito pie is offered. Is is awesome. Um, so anyway, so there you go. Uh, all right, uh, coming up, we'll have uh, inconceivable here as we continue to light the tower. Uh, Purple Buffalo's daddy says Florence called their summer workouts Princess Camp. Also, but let's go, Cooks. <laughs> Got to admit that's pretty good burn from. Uh, from Purple Buffalo's daddy, there you have to, you have to admit that. Wouldn't you? Uh, something about broken clocks and sun shining on the south of the dog. All right, all right. By the way, you said that you could say the word ass. George Carlin put it best. He said, "Depends on what you mean by <laughs> some of those two-way words. You can say, well, you've made a perfect ass of yourself tonight.' Yeah, but you can't say, hey, let's go get.' Well, anyway, I'll right. let you finish it from there. All right, uh, we'll have uh, coming up next. We'll have inconceivable light the tower on the horn. Inconceivable, 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 inconceivable. You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means." On a boss gags kind of Thursday, we bring you Inconceivable. This is also a good boss gags offering. Jojo. You had to swap chairs. Oh, did you? That one felt like I was looking up at you the whole time, like I was almost like sitting on the floor. Yeah. Uh, so to Inconceivable, we do have a few offerings, but our producer, Cameron Parker, Let's us know that he has a couple of offerings. So let's lead off with the producer. Yeah, so obviously the British Open underway at Hoy Lake, Royal Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And one of the favorites, Ricky Fowler. All right, he's on the 17th, he threw 17 holes. I believe he was at one or two under at this point. One of the favorites um, made a triple bogey, Craig. On the 18th par five, including hitting two balls out of bounds. That's like what, the, the 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 eight that I took on the yeah. par five uh, at number 14 at Sea Trail a couple of weeks ago. Now I dumped two in the drink. Was that because you were being heckled? No. Okay. Well, Ricky Fowler apparently was being heckled after his round. This is from Kevin Van Valkenburg of No Laying Up. He was asked about the eight. He was heckled. Something he believed was a first. Was it a sooner? <laughs> Could have been. Ricky, as we uh, know, I is an Oklahoma State guy. Might have been a Leeds fan because, quote, uh, the heckler called me a coward for not going through with my Leeds investment, unquote, Fowler said. That was the first. Maybe he should put up his own money. Now, remember, uh, Ricky Fowler was, a, I think, supposed to be a part of the investment group with uh, Justin, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth in the Leeds United Soccer Club. Um, I'm guessing Ricky pulled out. And I'm guessing this fan was not too happy about it. Wow. And so maybe that led to Ricky Fowler making a uh, triple bogey on the 18th hole. He sits at one over um, through one round of the 
Open Championship. Here's a question for you, Cameron. How many major championships has Ricky Fowler won? Zero. Zero. And no, the Players' Championship is not a major. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Ricky Fowler usually seems to find a way to not deliver it when it comes to that. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to look at the shot tracker on that 18th hole, it's pretty wild. He hit it behind the stands um, on the right side of the fairway. Wow. That's a man after my own heart. A, a, a banana slice. Yeah. All right. So what else you got? Hey, real quick, oh, yeah. something Cameron said there about Ricky Fowler just uh, triggered something for me. Uh-oh. Uh, the Austin American Statesman, I saw they did a study, and over the last 50 years, they've gone back 50 years, and should have pulled out, continues to be the most popular phrase within the city of Gerald. 50 years running, if you can believe that. Really? Yeah. Should have pulled out as the most popular phrase in the, right. the city of Gerald. Okay, yeah, whatever. Very conceivable, Jeff, talking about <laughs> Gerald. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Well, the second thing, real quick, yeah. um, Craig, you'll be watching the Texas Rangers Shout out play to a little Buffalo's baseball yeah, there you on go. Saturday. And last night, uh, yeah. got the sweep against the Tampa Bay Rays, the best record in baseball. They've Rangers have now won six games in a row. And one of the greatest stories from that game last night, Craig, was Alex Spies. He was drafted in 2016, second-round draft pick, retired from baseball in 2021 after COVID and some complications with the family. He was coaching Little League Baseball last year in North and South Carolina <laughs> with nine-year-olds, got the love for the game, came back, went back to the Rangers, played really well in Round Rock, and last night made his MLB debut. He pitched one and two-thirds, including a strikeout double play in his first Time on the mound. Congrats it was his first Alex. strikeout. Yeah, first strikeout. And then Jonah Heim, who just right now might be the best catcher in baseball, he could be throughout a would-be base dealer. Yeah, it's a great story. From little league to striking out one of the best teams in baseball. I, 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 saw, I saw something. It was like I don't remember if it was a Facebook short or a YouTube short. It's one of those TikTok type deals. It was talking about Todd Pratt when he hit the, yep. the walk-off home run in the division series in '99 against yep. the uh, against the Diamondbacks. He had been he'd been released and in and out of baseball. He had spent pretty much the ninety nine season, I think, working at like a baseball academy and a pizza place part time. <laughs> then he ends up with the Mets and Mike Piazza gets hurt in game three. He finishes out game three, starts game four, and hits the walk off home run. Like one of those famous home runs in Mets history by a dude who at one point in that calendar year was working at a pizza place. That's a great story. There's Outstanding story there. Uh, okay, here's some other ones. Uh, Jeff, didn't you say pretty recently you had a long, long uh, delay, canceled flight type situation? Yeah, going from Austin to Orlando. And you got no food out of it or anything like that? It was about like four hours, four and a yeah. half, something like that. Yeah. Uh, here's a guy that was delayed um, and uh, delayed on Hawaii. Hawaiian Airlines, 30-hour delay. Ugh. Flight from New York City to Honolulu was delayed for over 30 hours on Tuesday. Um, and by the way, real quick, uh, just Lifetime Longhorn Tevin Mack is playing on this uh, team in the basketball tournament right now. Good for him. I don't know what well, team that is, but Tevin Mack is in their starting lineup. Uh, Austin Zone. Yeah, team, absolutely. All right, so this uh, this passenger said he was only – Compensated with a twelve dollar food voucher for thirty dollars. Twelve dollars. Twelve dollar. He said he was stranded at JFK for more than a day after his flight to uh, Honolulu, and uh, he said it's been a circus. 
Um, it was, he said there are small children, elderly people, mothers with newborns who are unable to retrieve their baggage due to uh, the delayed flight. Uh, but it was it was it was a mess off of that. I don't know if anybody's tried to get food at an airport lately. Twelve bucks doesn't go very far. Nope. A pack of saltines and a like bottle a of water. Bottle of water and a bag of Skittles is probably all you're going to come away yeah, with. Yeah, about that. Meanwhile, a jury has awarded a woman or a family eight hundred thousand dollars. Eight hundred large. In a chicken McNuggets burn case. Now we always remember, you know, the the Seinfeld thing about the coffee burn when he says he got burned from the coffee, the latte, the coffee, the the uh, top was not on there good enough, and the coffee spilled on his stomach. He goes, and Jerry asked Kramer, he said, "So you're suing because the coffee's hot? Coffee's supposed to be hot, <laughs> not that hot." Well. Um, this happened, and maybe I should have saved it for tomorrow, because we know what tomorrow is, right? Yeah. What are we doing on Fridays around here, Cam? Usually we're reaching for that low-hanging fruit. Digging way down deep, scooping it off the floor, and cradling what, it. There in uh, Florida. So so what what counties do we like to scrape that low-hanging fruit from? Uh, Pinellas. That's one. going to be one. Uh, Brower. Miami ding, 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 ding. It only took you two to get that. Broward County jury awarded a Florida family $800,000 in a civil lawsuit against McDonald's and one of its franchisee after wow. a toddler was burned by hot chicken nuggets. In May, the jury found that McDonald's and franchise owner Upchurch Foods were liable for failing to properly warn or provide reasonable instructions on the possible harm from the hot McNuggets dispensed at a Tamarack, Florida drive through They were awarded $800,000 for pain and suffering, disfigurement, mental anguish, inconvenience, and loss of capacity for enjoyment of life. That includes $400,000 for injuries injury sustained in the past and $400,000 for damages the jury determined will be sustained in the future. So, um, yeah, that that, uh, that really happened there in Broward <laughs> County, Florida. So, oh, yeah. Um, and Jeff, you always like the the wildlife stories. Oh yeah, we got one of those. Watch out! There's a lion on the loose. Where? Berlin. Oh, okay. The Berlin police thought for a minute you were going to say Burleson. I'm like, hey, look out, everybody yeah, in the Metroplex. Better look out there, or Burleson County, right? Yeah, not far from here. Yeah. But anyway, Berlin police have warned residents in parts of the capital stay indoors as a wild animal believed to be a lioness is on the loose in the southwestern part of the capital city. So please avoid leaving the house due to an escaped wild animal in the Kleimanchau, Teltau, and Stansdorf area. And also bring your pets into the house, by the way. They're saying. Probably a Don't want to be a, have, a, have a snack. You don't want that to happen. Uh, finally, um, you know, it, it's a big weekend at the movies, right? Uh, Huge weekend. Yeah. Huge. So, uh, Jeff, are you going to take Tamara to see Barbie? Uh, Probably not. What else is out this weekend? Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. So, some say they have been really torn between whether to go see Barbie or go see Oppenheimer, which is about, obviously, Robert Oppenheimer, the man who basically developed the first ever atomic bomb and, and all that sort of stuff. So there are people that are really kind of worried about that. So 
uh, there are people. Both are being uh, both are being released by Warner Brothers. So uh, there's a suggestion to see them both, and it's called Barbieheimer. Is what you would do. It's a double feature, and it started its life as most phenomena do as a meme. But now more people have tweeted fan made posters of Margot Robbie's Barbie smiling in front of a mushroom cloud uh, in her car with Oppenheimer riding in the back seat. Which is Killian Murphy, by the way. If you if you remember the Dark Knight movies, he was the mm-hmm. Scarecrow. Scarecrow, yep. yeah. Uh, he does a fabulous job in that. So, if you can't decide, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Barbenheimer is what they're saying. So, just, uh, it'll probably be neither for me. Ooh, wow, Jeff still, hates movies too. I yeah. Hate movies, yeah. Okay, I hate all all fine arts and cultural arts. Came so out. that came out in this first hour of the program. Jeff hates fine arts, culture, movies. Chili. Chili. Stevie Ray Vaughan. And Stevie Ray Vaughan. Gerald. Well. Well, that's a given. Yeah, that's a given there. All right. Hour number two. Just want to throw Davy Crockett in there, too. Well, there you go. It's a Boss Gags <laughs> Thursday here on the Horn. <laughs> 